This episode of We Are Strangers is actually a rebroadcast of Image for Hire episode featuring Louisiana artist, New Orleans artist, actually, Larry Neville. We recorded in a sweltering gallery on August 18th, day before my birthday. Here it is in full. Hello. Welcome to River West Radio, WXRWLP, Milwaukee. You're listening live. Or if you're listening on the internet, you're listening on riverwestradio.com. You can also listen by telling your smart speaker to play River West Radio. Today I have a recorded show with delightful artist Larry Daniel Neville whom I met when I went to New Orleans last week, and he has many things to say about his life and living in New Orleans. So let's get right into it. We're on, Larry. Good. I, last week, or no, this week, like on Monday, I took the ferry to Atwater, and I drove down to the cutoff, hoping to see you hanging around. I didn't even know what you looked like. I didn't find you. Did you see me on the bike? Now, now this, is, this is in Lower Course. That's on the other side of the river, on yeah. the West Bank. That's right. Yeah, this is where I grew up. We call it Cut Off. Cut Off. Because it was, when I was a boy, it was literally cut off. Just a second. I'm sorry, the, the museum director just pointed a fan <laughs> at us for our comfort, but I'm afraid it's going to interfere with the recording, so I had to turn it. So you lived in Cutoff. Yes, I, I grew up, grew up uh, there. there, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, all my, you know, religious affiliation and everything else, you know, pretty much uh, revolves around me and has had a great influence on my, you know, on, on whatever I do, actually. It was called Cutoff because they literally cut off in the, in the black community. The highway literally ended. Oh, and so, wait. Yes, and we lived among the trees, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> this is what happened. And believe it or not, there were many accidents that occurred because people actually, and, and the light was not prevalent that much. So people would literally run off the highway. What? Into the trees. Yeah, that, that happened. A few fatalities, to be honest with you. That's bad. Yeah. So, and they didn't have lines on the road or the no street lights? And, and it just ended. It ended and then it just abrupt. stopped. It was very abrupt. Boom. End of the, end of the pavement. Trees. <laughs> and a pile of wrecked cars. Yeah, well, not necessarily a pile, but, you know, they would eventually haul them away. But sure. the Hopefully. truth is that we live among the trees, you know, as a black community. That's actually kind of exciting. It is. Very much so. I had a great childhood, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I'll bet. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> That's exactly where you want to be. It's Absolutely. like living in a park. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh... I'm not really nostalgic about some of the, the uh, I guess some of the, the, the bitter part of it, you know, growing up there. I mean, I don't want to go back to outdoor toilets or mud road or, or working in the field or something like that. You oh, know? right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed working in the field as a youngster. Wait, you're talking about your actual childhood just now? Yes. You had an outdoor toilet and yeah, mud, mud yeah. roads? And we had lamp light, yeah. I'm 75 years old. Whoa. So we had, we had lamps. You know, we used, I used to do a lot of stuff around the lamp. You know, we turn the lamp up and, you know, kerosene. Kerosene lamps. lamps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Coleman or uh, a Coleman lantern? No, kerosene lamp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kerosene and you just, you had a wick. Yeah, yeah. You, and you had to pump it? Mm, no. Oh, you didn't have to that pump little, it? That little thing you turn. Okay. That control oh. the wick. The sure. Height of the light. Mm -hmm. Nice. So I loved it. Wow. I don't want to go back to it. But the hard living makes you better. I think so. It makes you stronger. Yeah. And probably more creative. Give you a better mindset to it and give you a better scope of what things really are like. You never forget where you came from, so to oh. speak, you know, and it gives you a certain amount of perhaps humility that takes away some of the arrogance that's, you know, prevalent with uh, humanity that we all can see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good for you. And you stayed there. Is, is the cutoff part of New Orleans, or is it considered a suburb? At one point, it was referred to as Lower Coast Algiers. 
now it's the mailing address is New Orleans. Oh, okay. You know, and we had an RFD situation. You know, RFD, rural, federal. Rural, no, no, rural free delivery. That was the that the, the mailman would come and put the mail in the mailbox along the highway. Wow. When I was a boy, you know, it was fun. I, uh, you, you know, you don't see that anymore. You know, we've gotten so modern now. I mean, and technologically, we we <laughs> we become absurd. I think yeah, we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. When did you start drawing and painting? Well, uh, if if my memory serves me right, I remember I was in about maybe third grade. I think the teacher asked me uh, to go to the board and illustrate the. Uh, poem, uh, Flanders Field. In Flanders Field, the poppies blow between the crosses row and row. And so I gave the class a visual depiction of what that, I don't know if Tennyson wrote it or some, I'm not quite okay. sure who wrote it, but nevertheless, I actually did the flowers growing in between the, the crosses, you know. Wow. And uh, I, I think that started me off but I remember 12 years old, my mother went, came, uh, she came over the river. We call the city, okay? New Orleans proper, okay? And when she came back, she brought me a watercolor set. I will never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. I had great parents, mother and father. My father was illiterate, but he was very supportive and he was a very loving father. So I, I, I grew up with a lot of advantages, even though being poor, so to speak, we were never poor in spirit. Good. You know, we had love. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and this is just the type of stuff you need to push you along the way when obstacles get in your way. You, you don't even worry about them. You just, you know. You, well, why not? Because you don't, you don't have to, because you have learned to deal with everything. The truth is that, I guess, not in a fatalistic sense. You have nothing to lose because you've seen it all. Oh. And so it gives you a stronger perspective as to how to deal with situations uh, without collapsing at the least little thing that goes awry. Right. <laughs> like traffic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for traveling out here, by the way. How did you... How did you end up in this gallery? How long, so you, you're 75, you started paint, how, when did you start painting? Let's go back to that, let's go Good question, that's a very good question. I, I remember selling to be, uh, my first piece when I was about 14, maybe, Whoa. or 12. That must have been exciting. It was, my mother, it was a lady, my mother worked for her, my mother was a domestic, and the lady, she was Jewish, she, uh, came and she saw my mother once have told her that I did art and she came and bought a piece for wow. $14. By the way, it was not a painting, it was a small woodcut. A woodcut? Mm -hmm. You were doing woodcuts? Yes. At 14? Oh, at, at 12. Like, was it probably. a carving or was yes, it a print? It, it's, it's a, you, you have a piece of wood and you just literally cut, uh -huh. when you cut away the negative part. So you, it was print, a yes, woodblock print. print? Yes, a woodblock Whoa. print, yeah. That's I so advanced. Cut, yeah, yeah. But, and I think, uh, to be honest with you, my first carving, I, I carved a piece of stone when I was about 16. And I should have brought it for you to see. It, you would be shocked because it, it's really, God, it, it, comes, it, it competes with the pieces that I'm doing now at 75. Wow. Which is great. And I carved this piece with a sharpened screwdriver because I didn't know you had to buy points and flat chisel and wow, claw yeah. chisel. And Okay, did you even use marble or did you use the wrong stone as well? No, no, I, I found a very dense stone, but it was carvable. And through patience, just sheer patience, I was able to use that sharpened screwdriver with a carpenter hammer. I didn't have <laughs> a an old claw hammer. Yeah, oh, thank, thank you very much. You, yeah, and, she just and, brought and, us some water. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. And you know, I was able to persevere with it. Well, not persevere, I enjoyed doing it, hell. I mean, you know, this was something great. I'm carving a piece of stone like Michelangelo. Yeah, you know? this exactly. Thing, you know, not, of course, not as great as Michelangelo, but with the concept, I'm carving stone. 
Yeah. I'm not supposed to do this. You're, yeah, you're not old Especially enough. You're right. not, you don't have the credentials. You, <laughs> right. don't, you don't have a degree. Right. What gave you the idea? You don't have the tools. Right. <laughs> what gave you the idea to do it? I believe that it, it, it could be done. And if some of the great artists in, were able to do it, why can't I? Right. And the truth is that some of the artists from way back called with copper too. Copper is relatively soft. You carving with copper, hey, I'm going to get a piece of steel and sharpen it. I don't care if it's a screwdriver. That's I'm right. going to sharpen this screwdriver and I'm going to bust this stone up. <laughs> wow. How long did it take? A while. Like because a of my lack, no, 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 not that long, oh. not at all. Uh, I would probably estimate maybe a few months because of my lack of knowledge of, of what I was doing per se, yeah. uh, not having the proper uh, tools, etc. But I had the willpower, I had the desire, the love, yeah. the passion. Right. You know, and from now on, I, I just I started calling. <laughs> 14, that's amazing to me, that's astounding. And you still have the piece, and you're painting right alongside with this? I paint, I do prints, I, I, I love art. Yeah. I, I whatever, I, it, it's, and please don't see this as being braggadocious. I, I, I just, I love doing, I put my hands on things and they become something. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The creative process is there. I've lived this all my life. This is what I know. This is what I've seen all around me. The trees, the, ah. the everything, the boats, everything. <laughs> yeah, I saw your painting. Uh, there's two paintings right over here. There's one of two ships in the harbor, and then there's one of people playing ping pong. <laughs> they're very different. I had fun with that stuff. Wow. <laughs> but there's some similarities. <laughs> Somewhat. Uh, it's a little bit tricky, I guess, in some ways, because... Uh, I will try certain moves with different things that I'm doing. Moves? Yes, moves, yeah. Uh, and I say that in the sense of, it's almost like a, an athlete in a sense, uh -huh. like a running back. Okay. Very elusive, you know. So I will move, I will jump, I will dance, I will, you know, I will make things do things to, yeah. to play with the psyche, you know, when, when, when an observer sees the word. I am literally uh, playing with the psyche. Not, to make fun, but to, to let them see what I'm doing and where I'm coming from, you know. Okay. This has taken, it, this has been an arduous process. It has not been easy. To get to here or each work is an arduous to, to process? Get, to, to get to what I do now, let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, it, and I enjoy what I'm doing. But it did not come easy all the time, you know. And so each time I work, I'm moving to some other level that, you know, even oh. I don't know. Right. I do know that there are other levels beyond what's within me. Sure. You know, and uh, I don't say necessarily pursue the, I, I know they're there. And as I work, it's something's going to happen. That will be a breakthrough. I believe this, and, and with God's help, I, I, I'm very spiritual in regards to this. I don't think it's all about Larry. I, I do my best to eliminate myself. I, I, really? I don't need to know Larry. That the, uh -huh. the, if Larry would get in my way, and so the object is to, 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 I'm, I don't care about greatness or fame. I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. It's irrelevant, it's meaningless. I mean, one day you celebrate, the next day you're a pariah. So this is a human <laughs> condition. So I don't care. I have nothing to lose. Wow. And this is the move. This is what I do when I work. I, and, and I'm sensitive to people. I love people. I love humanity. But I also know that I cannot put my complete trust in humanity because humanity is fickle. And I don't mean to sound philosophical, but and, and like I told you, I love humanity, regardless of ethnicity. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what you have. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you are a good human being. I can love you as any human being on this earth. And I mean that with sincerity. That's not talk. 
this has been since I was a little boy growing up in the household that I grew up in because we were taught to love. Wow. You know? And this is the thing that propels me to have the peace and the freedom that I have. That means so much to me. I don't need money all the time. I don't do it all for money, even though I need money to, to buy materials, you know. But that's, that's right. not the objective. From I work because I must work. Because I you love create. it. I must create. I must create. You're compelled. You can't stop. I am compelled to do this. I know that feeling. I'm an artist, too. Yes, I heard about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Tina told me that you, you do uh, work. I'm not sure what... Uh, genre you work in but I, I, yeah, yeah. she mentioned that you're not sure so i i understand completely what you're saying i, I feel the same compulsion good that's great and i like how you want to take yourself out of the way what do you do to take yourself out of the way so that the painting shows up without you being in it like getting in the way of, between the audience and the painting the painting of uh, sculpture or, or sculpture. print or whatever i'm great at the moment desires to live its own life you know it wants to live I I'm just a person doing stuff it, 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 it wants to be this is what I feel when I work I I'm not trying to impress anybody so this gives me some leverage because I'm not worrying about what this one is doing or what that one's saying or I wonder how... No! I am enjoying what I'm doing. The work loves coming into existence. Yes! Good point! You know? Yeah. And this is the, this is the passion. And this is daily. It, it, it's not uh, something that I have to force upon myself. It's, it's a complete mindset. It's a kind of unified thing within me that I don't have to, you know, run here and there anymore. It's contained within me. And whatever I do, I'm, it's not always good. No, I'm not saying that. But I am contented <laughs> with what I have done. I am peaceful. I am at peace with what I have done. Very good. How do you choose subjects and styles? Sometimes subjects become meaningless because the key thing is to pursue beauty. Beauty, I've discovered, is very elusive. I, I, I told Tina at one point that I, and you may shoot me for saying this, but I will say it anyway. <laughs> I believe beauty is trapped somewhere between ugliness. I must pass through ugliness to get to beauty because beauty lies somewhere in between there. It's very evasive. Hmm. And sometimes when you think you have it, it's like a running back with his moves, like I said. You think you got him and he's gone. You gotta chase him. You gotta keep pursuing it. and and and. It hides and it will slip away each time. It slips away and as, I hate to say the artist, but as the person creating, you have to find this thing. It's not easy. It's not pretty. It's not cute. It's not fancy. It can be brutal. It can be tender. It can be all kinds of things. And I believe, and you might, challenge me with this I I, I I hope I didn't read this somewhere but I I believe in in <laughs> I believe in space fields that there are space fields in which certain things exist and there are complications this is what I was saying these other levels and okay. and it is difficult it is extremely difficult to penetrate some of these areas because they are spiritual areas you know and, and this is what I see within myself okay this okay. may not apply to someone else I, I have no idea what other people are thinking of I know the schema that I must use to find what I am looking for and I think each individual has 
that pursuit, you know, where they're able to deal with what they are going after. By I think in almost any arena, actually. Going from field to field, yes. level to level? Yes. And, and I've, even, I've even thought, not to cut you off, I mean, no. to be rude, I, I've, I've, I've told myself that there are fields on top of fields, which make it even more complicated. You know, this is strange talk that <coughs> I'm talking now, perhaps, but it makes sense to me. Uh, I'm not trying to sound cerebral, None of that foolishness. The truth <laughs> is that these things exist within me. I'm listening to music, I'm listening to old blues, I'm listening to jazz, I'm listening to even classical music sometimes, even though I'm not a classical person. I can tolerate the rhythm or the flow, the ins and out that I can uh, describe my, when I'm working. Yeah. And it flows through colors and shapes and moves and everything, you know, it, 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 it comes together as one. Somewhere down the line, look, there's harmony. Yeah. Even in the discord, there is harmony. Right. Even in the ugliness, there is beauty. And this, uh, uh, how does this rate relate to fields? The music. Are the fields working together like music? Very much so. I believe that there is there's some kind of correlation. I've not looked at it from that perspective because I think that they exist even without the music or without anything else. Uh, for example, <laughs> I tell a lot of people, I don't drink, I don't smoke, none of that kind of, I'm not into all that, and I don't condemn those who, you know, that's their prerogative. But I'm basically a very quiet person in a sense. Uh, and I think a lot of spiritual things come sometimes, you know, and I am able to utilize these things in a constructive way. Never vicious or malicious. What kind of spiritual things? Things that people cannot see. They're not tactile, and I think they come, you know, by an unknown force. And I, I and I, I say it, it's, it's God. I, I, I don't equivocate uh, God with, with all this. I believe in God, okay, and I believe that there is a force within me that reckons with this when I work, and I'm not ashamed to say it. And I will not paint religious pictures. I will not paint a Madonna in child. Uh -huh. No. It's far beyond that. That's very superficial. It is. Yeah. And to be honest with you, some of that stuff is accidental. So they're just, you know, like our skin color. Very accidental. It's not, it's not who we are. Right. It's beyond all of that. Do you... And this just happens automatically. Yes. When you just start creating. Yes. It's not calculated. That's the beauty of it. Because if you start calculating, <laughs> you're wasting your time because guess what? It doesn't come. Huh. You just keep missing it the harder you try. That's right. The harder you try, the more it will elude you. It will get away because you have not given in yourself. What do you mean? I think that you just, you're playing games with yourself by trying to rely on technicalities, oh. on your abilities. Sometimes you have to chop down your abilities to find the How beauty. do you do that? How you do you do that? chop it down. How do you do that? How can you, you have an ability and you're not, it becomes uh, second nature. Absolutely. How do you third nature or whatever. You must chop. If you do not chop it, yeah. then you will not find what's there. Because you are relying upon all that you've been taught and all of you. 
the hell with some of that. You throw that out the window because a lot of it is obsolete. Wow. Some of it's very fundamental. Some of it's very useful. I'm not denigrating schooling, not by a long shot. I'm not denigrating the old masters or modern masters or any of the masters. <laughs> I'm simply saying that you, by being humble, by being, and I'm not passive or submissive, not by a long shot. I'm not saying I'm super aggressive, but I know when to act, when I need to act. Right. And I let it happen very naturally. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to force anything. I'm at peace with myself. Okay, so how do you chop down your... You uh, get okay. rid of all of the arrogance about yourself, all of oh. the, 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 the things people think you are. Oh, you know, you, you're very good at it. You, I, oh, so it could be as simple as just doing something you've never done before. Not necessarily. Oh. It, it, it's a matter, it's an inward thing I of see. destroying that old concept of your false self. That false self that looks for approval all the time. Oh. That wants to get there. I'm going to be a great artist because I'm going to buy a big car. I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah. Hell no. I don't care about all that stuff. That would be an obstacle, a stumbling block. Sure. And if these things occur, I, I don't mind welcoming them. Uh -huh. But I sure in hell will not bust my brain trying to achieve these things. There's too much peace to be found. Wow. Too much peace to be found. And if you had peace with yourself, you don't have to worry about all these things. We worry about too many things unnecessarily. We do. There's a lot of worry. You were a retired art teacher. Yes. How did you start that? And I didn't want to be a teacher. I, no. I received a, a, an art scholarship uh, to Xavier University of Louisiana. It's a Catholic university. And I won the scholarship competing with other artists, if you will, or students, actually, because I was 17 years old. And from what I understood in the competition, I was not, I remember I sent in a sculpture of wood about that time. I sent in a stone piece that was very crudely called. You actually sent these pieces in, not just photographs of them. Literally brought the work. I almost dropped one the sculpture on somebody's uh, feet uh, when I was getting the bus because it was pouring down rain. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And I had it under my arm and it was heavy. I'll bet. But anyway, the guy from Texas was ahead of, excuse me, ahead of me from what I understand in terms of winning the scholarship. Okay. But his academic it didn't show oh. and that that took it away from I was second and so the school felt that I would be able to survive there not because I was so smart hell I was just an average <laughs> but I, <laughs> I would persevere I would try my best to get the job done sure yeah yeah and so you went to college I went to college and I received a degree in teaching in teaching yeah I didn't have many art classes believe it or not really no I had all of the other classes of ancient history. I had uh, a lot of uh, literature and, and uh, I had biology. I had to dissect things and everything else. And, and I had to pass the NTE, the National Teachers Examination. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, Pat, I didn't realize I was supposed to take an examination. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that my, my professor told me, uh, you need to get that done. So I took mine at Tulane University. And uh, when the grades came in, sister, I was taught by a lot of sisters and priests. There were only about maybe four or five black professors. Yeah? It was my first contact with so many white people. I had never... Really? No. What, what I, year was this? 
1960. Whoa, right at the crisis moment of America. Great time, exciting time. 60 through 64, I was there. And I made the adjustment because I, I didn't, you know, I, 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 I had no problem with people, but I had not been, I was around black people all my life. And people who spoke Creole, my mom, for example, spoke Creole fluently, but she, they did not want us to learn because it would create difficulties with the kids in Upper Algiers who thought uh -huh. they were somewhat superior. I'm talking about black kids who thought really? they were Really? Yeah. And so we, when we got around the wood stove, and I cut a lot of wood as a youngster to keep things cooking. And but anyway, to make a long story short, <laughs> take your I, time. My 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 grandmother would speak Creole with the old uh, people in the community, and when we come around, they would really make us go away. Why did they do that? And what uh, they learned it. At some point, somebody decided not to teach the children Creole. They didn't want us to know. The language, I guess, because I, I don't—I have no idea. But I, I know when we tried to go around there, and I mean, we still picked up words like we—we—we, we, we, and people would laugh at us when when we picked up these little fuzzy things. We call it a chenille. It's a chenille. Chenille. Yeah, chenille. Caterpillar—it's a caterpillar. You know those little skinny uh, things that grow with the little fuzzy thing on the end. When we picked up, we we called it chenille. You okay. And she would say, "Abort, poison, poison," and I'm saying, "What is poison?" When the boats were, poison was a fish. You see how she scared me with a fish? They should have told me these things. Right? Poison, poison. And the interesting thing is, Upper and Lower Algiers. That's only five, four miles apart. Exactly. It's not a huge distance. Not at all. But the <coughs> cultural thing, that's what I like people to understand. Because we are black, did not mean that we had the same affinity with the other blacks in different areas. Because we all had different <laughs> perspectives, different outlooks, different culture within culture. Amazing. Four miles apart, and it's still yes. that different. Yes. Was it like the difference between the city and the country? In a sense, yeah. Because they tend, uh, Upper Algiers is almost, they, they said we talked funny, for one thing. <laughs> that was very hurting for me. Was it? Oh, I'm yes, sorry. But, well, it's okay, no, because you, you know, you, 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 you're kind of like on the outside looking in right sure. now. Sure. But the truth is that uh, they thought that we were inferior to them because we had a kind of, different sound about it. and I think it came from hearing the Creole from a distance but we didn't they didn't let us learn it mm. you know and they they kept us away you know so wow. uh, but the the tonality or whatever I think some of that came with us I I don't know this was the old cutoff not that oh. kind of thing not the cutoff you don't I doubt if anybody now anymore speak Sure. It seemed really suburban when I went down there. Yeah. You know? There were some wooded areas. Yeah, further back, yeah. Further back. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, I don't know. And does that come out in your art? What's that? The conflict between the cultures. The woods. Uh, growing up, no. being forbidden to learn Creole. No. I... I, I I could understand perhaps the rationale for some of it. Sure. And uh, we respected our elders. We were taught to respect old people. You know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, sir. Anywhere we went, this is what we had to do. We were obligated to do this. And if you didn't do it, when you got home, somebody will know about it. Oh, really? <laughs> and sometimes you got an ass whipping because you were Whoa. disrespectful to someone you didn't tell them good morning or good evening. Wow. That is passe now. It is, but I miss those days. I never saw them, but I, I miss them. I wish I could have. Sometimes people wonder now uh, why I, I would say yes ma'am and no ma'am. Well, it's not just a Southern thing. People quick the brand as being Southern. No, it's not. 
this is how I was taught by my mom. My mom who spoke Creole, my mother, mother. And my, my mother was literate. My dad was not literate at all, but a great father. He knew how to sign his name. Mm. And we tried to teach him to read, but he saw it as nonsense. So he, really? but he was a great, a hard work and a tremendously strong man. What did he do? Huh? It was just a laborer. Okay. Whatever. But he kept food on the table. We were yeah. never hungry. We never. I don't remember a hungry day ever. I loved my father. <laughs> and my mother. My grandmother taught us to read. Really? When I was a little boy, we learned to read from the Bible. Okay. She taught us how to read from the Bible. So when I went to school, in first grade, I was ready. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like good times. Did in college you said that was your first experience with a lot of white people. Was that just as hard? Or was it another culture that no, was that didn't bother me. Oh. I, I saw people as people and, and the truth is that once I got acclimated to being at the university, even the sisters, I'm, I grew up Protestant. I'm Methodist. I'm, I've been Methodist all my life. My parents, I had a grandfather who was a Methodist preacher, a United Methodist preacher. It wasn't United then, it was just Methodist. I forget if it was African or Episcopal, whatever it was, but it was Methodist. That's all I know. And the reason I my denomination is Methodist is because sometimes, and again, this is not to denigrate any other denomination, I, I, I like it because it's, it's a kind of an educational type approach and a much easygoing approach instead of the hooping and hollering. Yeah, oh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm not into it all. I, I, I can appreciate it. I, I get happy and stuff, but I, I'm not, I'm, I would prefer a more more even keel. Yeah. yeah. Did you enjoy teaching children? I love teaching children. And what's your favorite I thing love, about it? I love working with children. Believe it or not, my approach was not one of just having them to do hands-on. I wanted them to use their intellect and, 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 and their emotions. And so there were time, and I wanted them to learn to be articulate, to be able to express themselves verbally. Oh, so yeah, and, and so they were doing works with different media, okay, different media. But I also wanted them to know about the historical things about certain. Now that might sound a little, and, and you know, it's a bit boring, perhaps. But yeah, it was for a kid, yeah. yeah, it was of necessity. But I taught high school, so that was a great thing. I taught mostly oh. juniors and seniors and stuff like that. And, uh, I had a few uh, freshmen and so forth, but uh, I loved what I did. I, I was not cut out to be a teacher. What? No, I did. I wanted to just be a straight up artist. Okay, know? sure, yeah, yeah. But hey, I had a rude awakening when I found out I had to take all these academic courses and, oh, right. and everything else, you know. So I, 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 I didn't get a chance to work with all of the different meat. So I was able to align myself with people like John Scott, for example, and some of the other professors, you know. I, I, Scott was not one of my teachers. We were in classes. He's past now. He's a great sculptor. Frank Hayden and some of these people. And, and I learned a lot. Sometimes I would sneak in when they were doing aqua tents, uh, uh, etchings and stuff. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't supposed to have that stuff. I found time to sneak in sometimes and play with the acid and with the zinc and with the... <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, you know, they gave me a few courses. I had fun. I, I love art. I, it's, it's my life. Good. It should be. <laughs> do you, with, with children, what, what do you, what's your favorite thing about working with children? Kids, not all of them. They, they don't have all the inhibitions. They they, oh, they, yeah. they they don't they're not inhibited like 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 adult you know I, I, I used to tell them they come to Mr. Neville 
Man, I messed up. I said, I want you to take the mess and mess the mess up. Wow. <laughs> and that did not mean that I did not respect the fundamental of balance, unity, emphasis, proportion, blah, 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 and all that other uh -huh. good stuff. No. I wanted them to feel secure, to be at ease with themselves, and to let things be. And this is their nature. This is their, not to get wrapped up into being so procedural until right, you can't function. Right. Uh, it, that's a great recipe for how to let the art create itself. Absolutely. You're, you need you're to stop being in control. You are absolutely right. That's a great statement you just made. Yes. Thank you. That's it great. is a form of recipe for, uh, for you know, for, for, for let, just not being swallowed up by all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be what you want. <laughs> and were they receptive to that? Messing up the yes, mess? Yes, indeed. And guess what? We got great works. Whoa, that's One awesome. of my kids ended up being a teacher. I was very happy. Oh, good. This youngster lived in the house with about eight kids, a one-room house. And that was, I thought I had seen stuff, but he, he should be retired now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, if I'm 75, he should be. I used to go to his uh, home occasion and encourage. Matter of fact, he won the same scholarship I won. Really? That's saying a lot because it wasn't easy. Huh. He won it, yes. And I mean, coming from the area he came from. Where were you teaching? At Carver Senior High. George Where's Washington, that? that's in the Ninth Ward. In the Ninth Ward? Oh, it's just over here. The Big this Nine. Way. Oh, yeah, the Big Nine. The Big and Nine. That, yeah, so they, we had over 3,000 kids at that time. But it pulled in people from all over. Yeah? Sit, oh, my God. I had never seen, you talk about cultural mix-up. Yeah. <laughs> you think of the project. No, no, no. Look, those were some of the most loving people I met because they sort of took me under their wing. And, and when you go to the project, you had people who were so loving. All of this helped to, <laughs> to give me, you know, different views of how to see and to respect humanity. Right. Yes. I didn't see richness and stuff, and I, I don't put down these, but I, or any of these things. But it showed me, you know, how to accept people as people. And I haven't lost that. I, I hope I will go to my grave with that, really. Yeah, just uh, always increasing that ability. Yes. Now, the Ninth Ward, is that... In New Orleans, is it? Yes. Um, That's New Orleans. We used it, to call it over the canal. We call, you know, but, okay. But it, it, it's probably one of the biggest wards in the city. I don't know if it is anymore, but it used to be. It looks big on the map. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been there. Does it? Is it? Uh, does it have a reputation? Well, is it uh, notorious? Each, each, each place has its own means of notoriety, if you will, but. Uh -huh. And sometimes it's, it's, it's a stereotype. Uh, you, you start thinking that all these people are bad. That's a lie. It's like all black people. We don't eat watermelon. So, I mean, <laughs> the truth is that let's look at it and, and just see people as people. I mean, there have been bad people in all races, you know. Oh, so, yeah, for I sure. I mean, the truth is that you accept the individual. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key to getting out of the situation that we're in with, that we're talking about. You know, so easy. It really is, yeah. Sometimes people tend to make it complex because they start going into all of these other avenues to, 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 to really deviate from dealing with the real issues. So. Right, right. <laughs> it's a form of chickenery, I guess, of technology, <laughs> if you will. But that's what it is, in essence. <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. But, uh, I tell you, man. I look forward to doing more work. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I, I, Good. Matter of fact, I was working uh, early. I, I'm always doing something. Good. <laughs> so earlier this morning you were working. I, I get up early, ready to work. Wow. I, you know, I hope I keep the spirit. I, and I, you know, I try to share it, you know, to the best of my ability. Uh, I try not to get obsessed with myself. God, I don't need to do that. 
I don't, I don't ever need to do that. <laughs> That's the truth. I know who I am without that. I do other things, you know. That's the joy. What are you working on right now? I'm working, <laughs> you won't believe this, I, I, I have started doing stained glass with the, <laughs> with the elderly. With the elderly. What? That, that's just a side thing. Hey. Look, I love playing with that stuff. <laughs> are the elderly similar to teaching children? Not really, because there are some that, and I'm not a teacher in that group, I'm one of the learners. You're one of the learners? Yes! <laughs> when I was teaching, I was one of the learners too. Oh, I mean, that's always. Crazy. But anyway. It's look, a truism. The, 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 the thing is that uh, some of these people are very advanced. I mean, this was my first year. I didn't know you could cut a piece of glass. Oh, hell, I just cut the damn glass. <laughs> shape it and, and, you know, and, I mean, angle curves, you know, I don't care. Sure. Do that stuff. How did you discover it? Well, this new my, my, my wife, my wife is is also an educator. Okay, she came oh. from Pennsylvania. She's a Pennsylvania Dutch, actually. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, she's from up around Lancaster. So we've been married 33 years, and we have six grandchildren, two boys and, and, and a girl. And so we met through teaching, fell in love, married, <laughs> had children, we had grandchildren. <laughs> So uh, we love each other. I, I'm at 75, you know, I'm not kidding. She's 69, so I'm, you know. I used, oh, I used robbing to the cradle. <laughs> so she Only about six years. <laughs> <laughs> she got you into stained glass. No, no. Well, in a sense, yeah, because she told you, you know, there's a program at, <laughs> at this Catholic uh, place, not too far, about two blocks. And I said, okay, I'll try it. So I, I went, I'm doing mixed media, and I, I took French. Whoa! Yeah, that's so, sort of like Creole. Yeah, uh, I, I can say a few little things. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I can say a few things. But anyway, I uh, I enjoy the program. I caught on to the stained glass. I, it, you know, at first I was it, I was scared, and I said, "Oh my God!" Now it's just like cutting a piece of paper. What is it? I'm shocked. Huh? So, are you working on a window then? But uh, yeah, I, uh, it's, I'm doing a window, and I've done some small pieces. Now, the pieces, <laughs> I'm a little bit iconoclastic, if you will, because <laughs> listen, I am doing nude females, uh -huh. <coughs> and I'm using the female figure as a point of departure. And I'll share this with you. Okay. And don't jump out of your seat. I'll try not to. I have been studying for several years now something that I wish to come up with. I call it the Vagina Chronicles. And I'm using the vagina as a point of departure in terms, strictly in terms of designs, not as a form of, uh, what shall we say? Uh, Protest? No, no, being vulgar. Oh, uh, eroticism? Well, there's some eroticism, but, oh, but, okay. not, but not vulgarity. Not vulgarity, yeah. It's a design. And I have done cutouts. I've done many, many drawings of vaginas in, in metal and in stone and wire and wood. And, <laughs> and that, that sounds crazy, you know. I understand but, completely. But, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm using this form if you will, as an expressive means, and a different approach to seeing things. All right. And so I've been doing, many people don't know this, I've been doing this for years now, and I have proof to, and I've done hundreds and hundreds of drawings, literally hundreds of drawings, and they're just drawings. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I translate them into other media. Sure. Uh, occasionally. Uh, Which, in this case, is stained glass. Stained glass. I sneak it in, and not only stained glass, oh. stone, wood, wire, anything I put my hand it's on. It's something you add, it's a design, a motif that you add to other works? I can incorporate it. I, right. can, I, can, I can cover it. I can, I can hide it. I can subdue it. Sure. In various nuances. 
<laughs> Not that I'm ashamed to come out, right? I don't care. <laughs> but I mean, somebody might say, oh man, you're a nasty old man. No, I'm not. I'm just doing this as a, a, another approach, a means to an end, a, hmm. a, a point of departure. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> I thought I'd tell you that. Thanks. It makes my day. <laughs> <laughs> my wife doesn't bother me, so hey, man, I, I have a wonderful <laughs> wife, so I mean, I, I, I'm glad she's not, you know, a stumbling block. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she doesn't. She said, "You always join those big ass women." You know, I love them a lot. This one—they remind me of sculpture, you know. Right. Yeah, they're very sculptural. Uh, uh, not like Botero's women, you know, for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, those are just these women have form and they're round and, and they, their forms are in and out and they. They have form. They yeah, don't, yeah. They're not just big, fat-ass women. <laughs> <laughs> like Patero. Yes. Right, right. It's like somebody pumped them with air. And I'm not knocking Patero. I love some of that stuff. <laughs> Do you... I, I feel like there's some Picasso in your work. Is there, or is that accidental, or not even? You're not the first person to have said that. Uh, I'm not a Picasso person per se. I love Picasso because he's a great master and I mean, hey, what can you say about Picasso? But uh, I love Basquiat. Oh, okay. Love Basquiat. Basquiat has got to be my favorite artist. Really? Yeah. Uh, Picasso is, is very clever. I, 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 I can imagine I've been influenced by him some. But my favorite artist as a youngster was uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Mm. And only because of, you know, the, the bizarre thing. But the man was very smart. You know, if you ever read about him, he's a very brilliant man, I, I thought. Uh, his reading, he read a lot and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his, his, to me, his moved almost towards expressionism. To me. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's not accidental. That came mm. with a price, unfortunately. But, uh, I can appreciate all those people, you know, Ruben, Rembrandt, all the people, all, even, uh, I, I was thinking of the man who used fat and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, that German guy. Yeah, uh, German guy. Joseph Boyce. Yeah, oh, that's my boy, too. Yeah, you like uh, that guy, too? Yeah, uh, and, and the one that covers the thing with the with the sheet and stuff. He covered the whole coast and stuff. Is that Cyrano or? No, no. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name. I can't think of either, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I That's like, ambitious. I, I love know. all those guys. I, 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 I see what they're doing. I, I, oh, I, wish, right. I wish I had that kind of a massive approach, but I don't have the money and all the, uh, the publicity or whatever. I don't need it. I, I feel good in my own skin. I, but I do have a, an appreciation uh, for all those I, I see what they're doing, you know. Their yeah, style, yeah. I know what they went through to some extent. So I respect all of that stuff, you know? Good. Good, yeah, that's good to hear. Some artists are really um, against certain things, right? You know? I guess it's their prerogative. That's part of the human condition to be against certain things. I mean, you know, you have a right to do this, but the truth is that I try not to knock anybody, if, you know. I, because you can always learn something. Right. There's always something in what they have done. Look, those people paid a heavy price some of them I think to get to where and, and, and I mean just think they, they some of them worked in a very meager way I mean as far as compensation they didn't get too much you know mm -hmm. uh, and so it takes something beyond the money thing you know beyond the you know you don't need that no even the praise even the blame <laughs> I don't care the blame we're almost out of time. Is there any way people can find your work? So we're listening in Milwaukee and online all over the world. How could somebody find your work or get a hold of you? Believe it or not, I, I try in a lot of ways to, to be secluded. Really? Mm -hmm. You hide yourself? Very much, yeah. Uh, not because I'm... <laughs> 
other I say uh, term I can't get in my head right now, but I, I I prefer just being you know to myself when I'm working. Uh, people will call occasionally, and I will entertain them. Maybe my house is a mess most of the time, but they welcome. They know they're welcome if they call or something. Larry, sorry, come on up. You know, and the yard is just loaded with stones and houses, full of paintings <laughs> all over. I can barely get in some of the places. Drawings, and thousands of drawings that I've done. Wow, that's like uh, that guy in Chicago, Harry Darger. Have you heard of him? No, no. Nobody even knew he was an artist. <laughs> One day he dies, and they can't get into his apartment. There was just room, a path to the stove, and to the easy boy chair. There you go. Just rolls of paper everywhere. There you go. That's, that's it, man. That's he the artist's life. He must have been living the life. That's right. He was living the life. <laughs> he was living the life. Living the Bottom dream. Line. Bottom line. That's <laughs> key, you know. But I mean, hey, you know, you're happy. You're happy. That's my thing. I, I just love doing what I do. You know, and, and, and that's the contentment, you know, that I have, you know. And it's peaceful. I'm at peace with myself and with others, you know. Good. Well, on that note, we'll end the interview. Thank you, Larry. Okay. It's good. Appreciate it. Sure. Great absolutely. Trip. Absolutely. Larry Daniel Neville, my hero, my favorite Louisiana artist. I walked into the Louisiana, wait, the New Orleans Art Center. I stumbled across it. I couldn't even tell what it was necessarily from the outside. It's in an old warehouse space. And I looked around and I found this delightful painting of two people playing ping pong. Fingers made out of sausages, space tilted upright. That is, the perspective in the distance made flat, like right in your face. And I thought, somebody stole my style. I have to know who it is. Of course, stole, I should say, and improved. Well, actually, I shouldn't even say stole from me. They stole from the people that I steal from, which... I guess is what artists do and it turned out to be Larry Daniel Neville so I got a bike and I got on the ferry and I went over the Mississippi River to a place called Algiers and it was like I had just walked into the suburbs even though Algiers was born in 1710 1790 1700s it it didn't have the same feel as everybody's favorite part of New Orleans. I was a little bit disappointed. I kept driving the bike. I drove it four miles in the hot, sweaty sun. And I didn't see any sign of Larry. That, that's the end of that story. That's, it doesn't really go anywhere. But then I did get to talk to him, and he's a delightful guy. He's hilarious, very friendly, and full of life and vibrance. I love his attitudes towards... Let me see here. I'm trying to find the... Out music. His attitudes towards life and enjoying people and everybody is an individual and everybody has something to offer. Today, on Image for Hire, we talked about cut off, sharpened screwdrivers. I believe it could be done. That is, I believed it could be done. Beauty is trapped in between ugliness. It's elusive. But the art wants to come into existence. We talked about space fields, linebackers, Creole disrespect, teaching children, mess up the mess, accepting the individual, the lifelong learning. We talked about the Vagina Chronicles, Botero, Picasso, Basquiat, Joseph Boys and Harry Darger. You can find Larry on the Facebook page of the New Orleans Art Center. And I'm going to post my favorite Larry painting on the SoundCloud archive of this episode. So thank you for listening. This is The Scrouse signing off.
Thank you for listening. I am the Scrouse. Find me at imageforhire.com and the underscore Scrouse on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-H-E underscore S-K-R-A-U-S-S. Find my horrendous opinions, hijinks, antics, and hilarity. Thank you again. And in the words of John Lennon, who in the world do you think you are? A superstar? Well, you are. And we all shine on.